News of the Times. Serial Killer Saturdays. Margaret Messenger. The 13-year-old serial killer. Welcome to the launch of our new series, Serial Killer Saturdays. In this series, we will be focusing in-depth on a serial killer from British history. The stories are based on publications of their day. In today's episode, we turn to 1881, looking at Margaret Messenger. Although Margaret is perhaps not considered a serial killer in the strictest sense, she only had two known kills, we have decided to include her in this category due to her youth. One note. Margaret was 13 at the time of the murders, but 14 when she was tried. Initial newspaper reports had her age range between 16 and 19 years of age. Margaret seems to have had a real issue with small children, as we recount below, although no real reason was ever given by Margaret as to her motive. We hope you enjoyed the show. From the Manchester Evening News on the 5th of July, 1881. Extraordinary case, supposed child murder. An inquest was opened at Sprunston, about four miles from Carlisle, touching the death of a child, six-month-old, daughter of Mr. Pallister, a farmer. Mrs. Pallister left a servant girl named Margaret Messenger in charge of two children on Saturday. Messenger had them both out and raised an alarm that one of them was missing. A neighbour came up and the girl picked up the dead child from a pool of water. The girl first said that a big man took the child from her, but afterwards she said, Well, I will tell you the truth. I did it all myself and nobody helped me. It may be stated that a child two years old was drowned last week in a well beside the same house and that the girl, messenger, took the body out. The inquest was adjourned. From the Derby Daily Telegraph, the 6th of July, 1881. The alleged extraordinary murder. The Cumberland police have apprehended a girl named Margaret Messenger, 16 years of age, on a charge of murdering a child six months ago. Extraordinary circumstances at Egremont near Carlisle. Last Saturday, Mr. Pallister, a farmer, went to market with his wife, leaving a baby in charge of the prisoner, Margaret Messenger, their servant, who was enjoined to take particular care of the baby. On the previous Monday, another of their children had been drowned in a well. In the course of Tuesday forenoon, the prisoner told a servant lad that while she was asleep, a man had stolen the baby. Subsequently, however, the infant was found dead in a bog not far from the house, with a stone upon its head. And the prisoner, Margaret, though at first adhering to the tale about the man, admitted that she herself had put the baby there and said that nobody had helped her. The bog is only a few yards from the well where the first child was drowned on the Monday. The inquest has been formally opened on the body of the infant and adjourned. 
from the Dundee Advertiser, the 7th of July, 1881. Mysterious death of two children near Carlisle. The Cumberland police are engaged in an extraordinary case of supposed child murder, which has occurred at Sprunston Farm, some five miles south of Carlisle. They have taken into custody a servant girl named Margaret Messenger, aged 14 or 15 years, under the following circumstances. Mr. and Mrs. Pallister, the occupants of the farm, left home on Saturday morning to attend Carlisle Market, leaving the girl Messenger to take charge of a baby aged six months and another child, a girl aged four years and a half. Mrs. Pallister had on the previous Monday lost a young child through drowning in a well. Messenger received particular orders to do nothing but look after the children. At about eleven o'clock, the little girl Margaret Pallister, four and a half, went to a lad named Haffen, who was working in an adjoining field, and said a man had taken away the baby. Haffen immediately went to the house and asked Messenger if it was true. She said it was, and asked him to go and look for the child. He did so, but his search was fruitless, and he returned to his work thinking he had been hoaxed. Half an hour later, however, he saw Messenger carrying the body of the child, and on her telling him the child was dead, he at once ran for the neighbours, and also gave alarm to the police, who subsequently arrested Messenger, the charge being having caused the death of the child. Mrs. Storey, the woman summoned by Haffen, did all she could to restore animation, but without success. Messenger says she found the child lying in a boggy piece of ground in the neighbouring wood with a stone on its head. She at first said she fell asleep and that while she was asleep a man took the child away. Afterwards, however, she said she took the child and put it in the bog unaided. The bog where the murder took place is, it may be stated, only a few yards from the well where the child was drowned the previous Monday. Inquest on the body has been opened and adjourned. From the Carlisle Journal, 12th of July, 1881, the inquest. The inquest was resumed at White Key Inn, Dunder, yesterday morning. Mr. J. D. Semple, superintendent of the police for Cumberland Ward, was the first witness called. He said, On Saturday, 2nd of July, I proceeded to the farm at Spruston in the occupation of Mr. Pallister, and arrived there about seven. On entering the kitchen, found Mrs. Storey there, and after some conversation, I went upstairs and found the body of a female child. The clothing was wet and covered with mud, and a good deal of mud adhered to the face and arms, and the mouth was nearly filled with mud. I came down to the kitchen and gave directions for messenger to be kept in the kitchen when I first saw her. I afterwards proceeded to the wooded ravine in company with Mrs. Storey. 
The wooded ravine adjoins the house and there is a well in the face of the ravine which is about 60 yards by a footpath across from the house. The water from the well runs to the bottom of the ravine where it has formed a small swamp or bog on which it was not safe to walk as in some places it would take one up to the knee. About three feet from the edge there was an indentation in the mud, such as would be made by the body of a child. It was very distinct, and was about the same size as the body of the child in the house, but I did not measure it. There was a mark where a stone had been lifted from, and, and at the place where the child's body had been lying, I found a large stone lying within half a foot, of the head. I went back to the house where I found Margaret Messenger still in the kitchen, where I left her. I then told her that I had to charge her with the willful murder of Mary Elizabeth Pallister, by putting her in a pool of mud and water and holding her there until she was dead. The superintendent of the police then went on to recount the original story made by Margaret, that she had fallen asleep their baby had been taken from her, and she had asked for help from the neighbours. Margaret was reminded of the confession she had made to Mrs. Storey, and she then repeated the same, that she had done it and nobody had helped her. The surgeon then testified that the child was a remarkably well-nourished child, apparently approximately seven months old. The clothing was saturated with mud, the face head, neck and arms were covered in a thin layer of dried mud and the legs were free from mud. There was no sign of any external violence. The mouth and nostrils were choked up with firm mud. The tongue was retreated within the mouth and almost totally hidden from view by the mud which partially filled her mouth. The eyelids were firmly closed and sealed together by mud. More witnesses were produced, including the farm boy Haffen, who confirmed he had seen Messenger carrying the dead child. The jury returned a verdict of willful murder against Margaret Messenger with her trial to be take place at the next sessions. The trial took place on Wednesday the 2nd of November. The prosecutor outlined the three possible defences that Margaret could have. If a man took the child, where were his footprints? The mud held all indentations. The only footprints found near the body were indentations made by Margaret's clogs. The child could have fallen into a pool and drowned, but no water was in her lungs. If the child had fallen from someone's arms into the bog, who had carried it there? If it were the prisoner, why had she not merely lifted it back out? The defence focused on the legal technical questions of whether Margaret did indeed understand what she was doing. Did she have guilty knowledge of the crime? The judge summed up the case. He reminded the jury it was not their prerogative to show mercy, but that it was their sworn duty to ensure justice was done, 
based upon the evidence presented. He then summarised the evidence touching on the issue of possible motives and defences, and the jury retired for only ten minutes and returned to the courtroom with a verdict of guilty. With a plea to mercy on account of her age, the learned judge then had a terrible duty to perform, for there was only one sentence he could pass, and he donned his black cap and said, Margaret Messenger, you have been found guilty. After a very careful consideration and long trial of the heinous crime of murder, your life is now at the mercy of the Queen's prerogative alone. I shall not prolong the misery, agony and pain of you and all who have heard this case by one word of reproach to you. My solemn oath is to pass upon you the dread sentence of the law, that is, that you be taken hence to the place from whence you came, and from thence to the place of execution, and there to be hanged by the neck until you are dead, and that your body be afterwards buried in the precincts of the prison in which you shall have been last confined after your conviction, and may the Lord have mercy on your soul. The judge himself was much affected by the sentence he had to pass on this fourteen-year-old girl. Margaret was removed to the jail, and appeals were submitted to the Home Office for consideration by the Crown. The early appeal pointed out that Margaret was shown remorse for her deeds, and had written a letter to Mr. and Mrs. Pallister for murdering two of their children, saying also that God had forgiven her as she now hoped that they would also. She also said that she hoped a new servant would serve them better than she had done. She was examined by Dr Orange of the Broadmoor Asylum and Dr McDougall, the Carlisle Jail Surgeon, with a view to ascertain her state of mind. Dr Orange reported to the Home Office and on Tuesday 13th of December, Mr Haverfield the Carlisle Jail Governor, received the commutation of the death sentence to one of penal servitude for life. From the Standard, London, 12th of November 1881, a youthful murderess. A sentence of death passed upon a girl of 14 for murder is fortunately almost unique in criminal annals, and, in that sense, it is a source of satisfaction to learn that Margaret Messenger, who was condemned at last Cumberland Assizes, has been respited. The girl was in the services of Mr. and Mrs. Pallister, a farmer, and his wife, living in the neighbourhood of Carlisle, and acted as nurse to their three children, one of whom, a boy, was drowned on the 27th of June last and on the 2nd of July, the parents went to the Carlisle Market, leaving the baby and the second daughter, aged five, to the prisoner's care. Whilst at work about ten in the morning, a hired boy named Haffen was startled by hearing a baby's scream, and on going into an adjoining field, he found the eldest child with the nurse, who told him that a tall man had taken the infant away. Later on, later on, she was seen 
bringing the dead body of the child towards the house, and on being questioned, told various discrepant stories as to what had taken place. Further investigations proved that Messenger had laid the infant face downward in a boggy place, placed a stone upon its head, and so suffocated it. She even confessed later on that she herself killed the baby alone and unaided. At the time of committing the crime, she was only 13 and had just attended her 14th year when brought to trial. Between 7 and 14, an infant is prima facie deemed incapable of crime. But if the court and jury have good reason for believing that he or she is able to discriminate between right and wrong, conviction and punishment may follow upon the indictment. This they did in the case of Margaret Messenger, and sentence of death was passed upon her in the usual form, since it is no longer lawful for it to be merely recorded. But it was obvious from the first that effect would be given to the strong recommendation to mercy, on account of the prisoner's youth, which accompanied the verdict of the jury. The juvenile murderess has been respited, and an inquiry is to be instituted into her state of mind. What makes the case more horrible is that she has confessed to Dr. Orange, medical superintendent of the Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, that she had murdered another child of the same family, the little boy who was drowned in the well a short time before, having purposely thrown him in. Margaret stated the idea occurred to her to quote her own words as she was chopping sticks in the yard and she took him to the well and drowned him. From the Times, December 14, 1881 Reprieve The sentence of death on the girl Margaret Messenger, who recently confessed to the murder of two children at Sprunston, Carlisle, has been commuted to penal servitude for life. Dr. Orange, medical superintendent of Broadmoor, examined the girl and reported on her state of mind. From the Richmond River Herald, January 29, 1892. Margaret Messenger, whose case created a sensation in England ten years ago, has been liberated from Woking Prison. She was sentenced to death for the murder of a child, being herself only 14 years of age, but the sentence was commuted to one of penal servitude for life. What happened to Margaret Messenger? The Messenger family originated at Chalkfoot, Cumdiavoc, near Curthwaite and Dalston in Cumbria. Margaret had been born there in 1867 and had spent her childhood in that area. After penal servitude, she was released in December 1891 from Woking Prison, having served ten years of her sentence. Margaret is known to have lived with her younger brothers George and Joseph at Howrig at Woodside, Rosley, where she was employed as a dressmaker. In 1939, she was known to be living at Howen Cottages in Thursby on her own. It is believed she lived to the age of 91, 
dying as a spinster in 1959 in the Wigton area. That concludes the Serial Killer Saturday episode of Margaret Messenger. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, please subscribe and tell your friends. Subscribing really helps us. We're aiming for 1,000 subscribers. We upload longer episodes four times a week. They are, are uploaded on Tuesdays, Wednesdays with our new series we are launching, Whitechapel Wednesdays, Thursdays, and our popular Serial Killer Saturdays, with shorter but we believe still interesting stories uploaded on the other days of the week. For our podcast listeners, you can see this podcast with the associated pictures on our YouTube channel at News of the Times. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you again for watching and listening. This has been News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.